This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! Previously on Talk Time Live Exclusive. Molly, I'm going to start you first. Okay. Take a listen to this. 14 years, 720 episodes, plus multiple movies and video games. When you hear that, what comes to your mind, especially when you talk about the landscape of this industry where people are working hard to get to this level uh, as an actor? I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. gentlemen welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live the prime show i am your host xavier josiah a day late but better than ever (laughs) i actually um you know i'm doing this a day late because there was so much going on in the weekend and for instance one of which was the big uh Q&A panel that I did yesterday, the virtual Q&A panel that is, with myself along with uh, my co-host Molly Flanagan and the cast of Naruto uh, as we were a part of a DreamCon event that was absolutely awesome. You heard a clip of it uh, before this show started. Uh, I'll talk about more on how you'll be able to to, uh, enjoy and be entertained by the entire experience that we had uh, i'll be talking about that later on as well well probably in our next segment pretty much because uh, i want to talk about that more and more but uh this episode will be focusing on a movie that i am really mad i didn't see earlier <laughs> i finally got a chance to see knives out and i decided to review it this week so that will be our talk topic today and i i've been pushing you know if you've been listening to the show i've been pushing to watch this big uh this more and more but there are so many things that have come up so many current event situations that is that have come up that i had to 
changed the format of what I was going to do. I was going to review this uh, quite a while ago when I when it was announced that uh, Amazon Prime was going to have this exclusively. And thank Amazon Prime for that, by the way, because I'm really glad. But I'm also, like I said, I'm upset that I didn't see this earlier. So we're going to be talking about that in our talk topic today. We also will be talking about other news uh, involving you know, a lot of change in Hollywood right now. So uh, we're going to we're going to get down to it and um, we're going to have a lot of fun as always. So sit back, relax and let's not waste any time. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. Foremost, I absolutely, without a doubt, want to thank Molly Flanagan and Lisa Hammett uh, for inviting me to host and moderate the cast of Naruto Shippuden uh, Q&A panel, the virtual Q&A panel, I should say, on behalf of RDC World One Dream uh, Con event, which was canceled due to COVID-19, much like every other con, unfortunately. I mean, no con is safe no comic book convention no anime convention is safe from COVID-19 but uh they found another way and uh this was the idea that Lisa came up Lisa is uh, Molly's partner uh and manager at that uh she manages all of uh, Molly's bookings and such like that she does a great job and a great friend great friend absolutely great friend. her and Molly are just tremendous friends and uh Lisa can cook her ass off. I just want to point that out too. I, I try to keep up. I, I can't. She, like, the woman is phenomenal. Uh, but no, Lisa came up with this idea apparently and uh, to set up a private session where a select number of fans. And, and, and if you don't know about DreamCon, DreamCon is a anime conven- an anime convention uh, that is put together by RDC World One. And if you don't recognize, or you probably do recognize that name, uh, these are these are a group of gentlemen who have a huge fandom for anime, in particular Naruto, and they've been doing these absolutely hilarious and entertaining videos uh, online for th- for years. Um, that has got so much reach because of how they put it together, and it looks it you could just look at it and just look like they have so much fun when they do that. And I will eventually get them on the show down the line to talk about that because I've been wanting to talk about them. And when I found out that you know this was all happening and it was by these guys i was very happy not only because it was these guys but like it's they're the uh these gentlemen are black and they're um they're doing it they're getting into the industry they're black owned they have a black owned con and i know it's not the first one definitely if you listen to the show it's not the first one but this looks to be on an up and up and these guys look like they're doing a great job and unfortunately COVID did it did them dirt you know that's just the reality of it but thanks to lisa who um are lisa and molly are like tremendous when it's stuff like this and they really do give a damn like the whole cast the one thing i love about the naruto cast throughout the years um each one of them when i interviewed each one of them they have a bit of humbleness to them and sincerity and and and, and, it, and it's um and a uh, quite a bit of empathy for you know they they recognize where they're at but they also understand you know what's going on in the world and they care about what's going on outside the world and i always appreciate that from each and every one of them and uh it, it was awesome it was an awesome experience it uh, just felt genuine so 
these guys were able to put it together so they we came uh, they came up with the idea to do this and molly and lisa called me and asked me if i would uh host and moderate the show um and i was i was all for it and now granted i'm not gonna lie i am absolutely not gonna lie here i never did you know if you guys recall i did my first live show last year at keystone comic con thanks to uh the uh, people at repop and somehow some way i knocked it out the park you know there were 300 people there and one uh panel and there was uh, a group on another panel but i was able to do it i had a lot of fun i you know just went with the flow so but this is my first this was my first live online streaming experience and i've never done this before i've seen it done all the time on you know from like wizard world and repop when they do it so uh i was so worried about as to how everything was going to go because it could go any direction it could absolutely go any direction but here's the thing i like a good challenge and i just say regardless of how i felt or how skeptical i was i was still going to take it on and that's all that mattered to me is like however this is going to come out i'm going to learn something from this experience and i did i learned that i had a great time <laughs> with this i enjoyed it very much uh i got to test audio on zoom too because I, although it sounded phenomenal uh there were some things that i felt on my end that needed to be tweaked up because i underestimated the audio quality of it but i not to say that it didn't sound great at all it's the, the audio um my audio and everything sounded great but um there's a lot to learn with zoom but it's a lot of great qualities with zoom so it this was a great thing there were about like 50 people in this uh in this uh session in this meeting session and the all the cast of naruto were in there we had molly in there we had uh who else the, the list is long. This is like a Wu-Tang Clan list of people. We have Molly Flanagan, Yuri Lowenthal, who is the voice of Sasuke in The Amazing Spider-Man on the PS4. I can't tell you how much I've been waiting to get uh, to talk with him and his wife, Tara Platt, who plays Tamari uh, on Naruto as well. Now, granted, I'm going to a uh, little inside thing before we started when we got uh, when we came in to the um, when we were uh, when uh, Jay uh jaleesa sutton shout out to her who was uh, a big help in this whole thing and help um you know orchestrate everything going on she did a great job but she let them in and they were together you know in one uh screen and it was awesome if you go into my instagram uh account you'll see the pictures too um of them on there so you'll see it and you could go to dream convention as well because they posted it up on theirs as well at dream convention at dream underscore uh, underscore i'm sorry at dream underscore uh, convention as well they have it up there and uh it was awesome absolutely awesome but i got a chance to you know say uh, and i told them they really cracked up when i said this uh, i'm gonna say what i've been waiting to say for quite a long time to you too hello mr peter parker hello mr yuri uh wants <laughs> i've been waiting to say that to them for so long because i love the spider-man game as you guys know and it was just awesome so yuri and tara was there steve bloom the man himself spike from uh cowboy bebop uh you know and orochimaru on the show he's on there brian donovan is rock lee uh tom gibbis shikamaru naro who's been on the show before uh mary elizabeth who plays my uh Terumi, and uh kuranai yuhi and she's the direct she's directed many 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 
episodes um, for the show. Tony Oliver as Minato. And that's where, you know, it's funny, uh, adding him to the uh, panel was when you had to change it. Because I know that uh, they were saying that it was uh, the cast of Naruto. But when you put uh, Minato in there, that's Shippuden. Because he didn't come into he didn't come into the Shippuden days as well. So, I, you know, when I call it, it was like, it's, it's Naruto Shippuden at this point. Uh, Quentin Flynn, uh, Ikurai Sensei, was on there. Uh, so, like, it was a loaded cast of people. And I've never had this many people that I had to interview and sit down and do a panel <laughs> before last year. It was just the it was just two people. I had a whole Wu-Tang Clan list of people on there, and it was awesome. It went off without a hitch. Everything went great. Uh, we It went more than great because we had an absolutely fun time. It was like, it was, I felt like, God, um, I've been watching these uh, these game shows lately with these celebrities in here, and it felt, it had that feel, like when Anthony Anderson is hosting one of these things, or and it, all these celebrities come, it, it felt like that type of vibe. Um, where everybody was just having fun talking about the show and joking around and you get to, you know, see the camaraderie between the actors that have worked together, technically worked together because they all are in separate booths, but some of them do hang out with each other and, and have fun outside of the venture. And you will see um, those who actually got a chance to witness it, got to see it. You got to get that inside, you know, you were inside that window of what they were at. And they, these guys came off totally natural and it was just awesome. It's just you know, the other thing that I want to say, too, and before I do that, I, again, thanks to uh, Jaleesa Sutton, who um, works alongside with RDC World, uh, World One for DreamCon, uh, and she helped with the uh, she helped me with the chat questions and um, for, uh, for the chat room and everything just went off so smoothly. But with really, really and I'm glad that I have the footage uh, of just the whole entire thing, because I was thinking about just doing like one panel. You know, once I where it was me, and then whenever somebody talks, it shows up where the celebrities start talking. Now we got it all loaded up on on our screen, and just so you can see everybody, not only just myself, not only just uh, Jay, uh, not only just the uh, the guest actors, but you got to see everybody who was a part of it, including like the attendees, the uh, fans. And what I was, what I felt, what was so beautiful about it was that. It was majority black kids in this panel. They were just fans, black, young black youth that got a chance to see their favorite stars play their favorite characters. And it was with everything going on and everything that has gone on for weeks. This was such a beautiful thing to see and the smiles on their faces and looking at the chat comments and everything there was no form of negativity this the, even though this was virtual it felt like a con experience because when you go to a convention i, I for those who have gone to a convention you understand this and those there is a i, I could say this i've been going to con, uh, conventions big and small for years now there's one thing in common with all of them there is 99 0.5% negative experience at any of these cons like there's never any like fighting binging like drunken binges and everything or irrationalities or violent or there's I've never seen anything like that and because everybody that is attending everybody who's paid their money and put their money some some depending on what con, uh, convention it is a ton of money 
you don't want to lose the opportunity to miss out on anything. So you're not going to make, you're not going to get into any trouble. Kids are not going to get into any trouble. Adults are not going to get into any trouble. They just want to enjoy it all. When you're there, when you're at a uh, convention, it is just, you're one, you're all one person. It is one community. It's it's really weird because I wish the world was like this, where the United States was one big comic book convention or anime convention, and you don't want to get in trouble. You you just want to enjoy life, and that's the way the world should be, like one big anime convention. Because when you go there, nobody cares about who you look like, where you're from, what uh, ethnicity, what orientation. That doesn't happen. At a, I, I've never witnessed it. I, and if somebody did, it's a rarity. But it was just great, just seeing all these faces. And I'm, I looked at all, the, I looked at everybody. It was like just majority. There was some non-black, you know, fans in there, and they were enjoying themselves. But everything that we go, that we've been going on in the last few weeks with the Black Lives Matter movement, seeing this happen, and, and seeing the smiles on the face, and they're enjoying it, and Molly you know, uh, running off a list of names of the people who were there. And one of them, uh, where is her name? Miss Johnson. I got to find her. Uh, what is her name? Trinice Johnson. I got to shout her out if she's listening to this, possibly. Um, Molly called off her name. And it was the world to her. You get, and, and uh, trust me, I'll, I'll announce this in a minute, but you'll, some of you will see it. The look on her face and we had all the we had for for obvious reasons we had a lot of the fans on mute just in case we get any background noise or anything but you can see it visually the look on her face when molly mentioned her name was the world for one time in all this crap that they get to experience this it was an awesome thing to see it was such an awesome thing to see and everybody else and it we just had a great time it, i think it went off without a hitch uh the cast was nothing short of a class act and made everyone feel special in their own way throughout this whole entire thing i can't thank everybody enough who were involved in this to uh for this opportunity congratulations to everybody who was able to attend um man it, it, it was just great um if you are here's the here's the big news here if you are an acmg facebook group member you will have the chance to see this virtual q a panel in its entirety uh i am going to be working on this and put my own cut this is going to be my cut this is like the snyder cut this is going to be i'm going to add some bells and whistles to this and do some really cool things with this video footage but it's only going to be exclusive to the acmg facebook members uh for of naruto fans to enjoy uh only members of the group will be able to see this version of the show uh, uh you know so it will uh, I, I my ideal target is to have it up and running on july 1st which is a wednesday this wednesday coming up and uh it's going to like i said exclusively to the acmg facebook group and there if you're not a member of the group you can join uh at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash acmg1 and you can request to be in the group now I'm not just gonna allow anybody into the group because we want to make sure that this is a safe environment. This is a refuge for fans 
of all things anime, comics, movies, and games, as I always mention. So, you have to be 18 or older with a legit Facebook account of over five of five years or more or more. And I have to make sure that it is a legit account. I have to see pictures. I have to see conversation. I have to, you know, if you don't have none of that, if you're not, if you're blocking anybody, you're not getting in. We don't want any burner accounts in. We don't want anything. And come on, I'm telling you now, I'm smart enough to know this stuff. <laughs> so be legit. The idea of social media is to be social, is to not be afraid to reach out and extend your hand. Just like they were saying in the panel, you can't be afraid to extend out. You can't be afraid to, you know, if you have great intentions in life, then you shouldn't be afraid to extend your hand. That's just plain and simple. You should not have any uh, fear to do so. You should not ever have a reason to hide away if you have good intentions. So regardless if you're an introvert or not, but we don't want any burner accounts. We want people to be genuine. We want people to be want to be friends with other people. You know, we want to enjoy all the same things together. That's what social media has been meant for. And I'm happy to ever provide this type of content for you exclusively on this page. But even if you don't get a chance to see it uh, on the page and you don't get a chance to see it, don't worry. I got you covered because I will provide the audio version of the panel uh, um, later on during uh, later in a week. Uh, after the 4th of July weekend, I will provide that video. So you will be able to hear the entire panel as well. It's about two hours, two hours. And let me tell you, it wasn't meant to be two hours. <laughs> it was supposed to be an hour. And all of the, again, the actors decided to extend it to talk about the show more, to talk with each other because they haven't seen each other for a while because of COVID-19 as well. So they, um, it was a great time for them to have a great time with us. And enjoy each other and enjoy us. And I, again, thank them all for this because it was just such a really great thing to do. It was an absolutely great thing to do. I commend all of them for their work on the show and off the show and everything that they do from that point. It was awesome. I I really enjoyed it. So um, I, thank you. Thank you, Molly, again. Thank you, Lisa, again. Uh, those two have been great friends of mine for the last uh, for years since we started, and they've been nothing but supportive, encouraging, um, and just plain angels to me, man. I, I I can't thank them enough. Even even before we were, you know, the George Floyd, uh, Ahmaud Aubrey situation, and even the Breonna Taylor situation, I've met them. Uh, I met Molly like right around the time during the election uh she was on the show once and we just connected since and we've really and also i work with her uh she she is a client of mine as well i also do you know graphic you know uh promotional stuff for her as well so that's how we initially met and you know but it got things got deeper when she started you could see her frustration on on, on twitter and this was right about the time of the election of 2017 and we've just been you know connecting since and we looked out for each other you know i would you know look out for her she would look out for me and stuff like that and you know it was awesome she come she came to philly when i um you know when i helped uh get her into the first keystone comic-con gig and we hung out with her and lisa and we all hung out there with um great griffin and all those it was just we we just been having a great 
experience and um we just continue to extend hand hands to each other since then she's just always been a great friend from day one and and does things without even me asking and that's a true friend to me it's like i don't need to ask her half the time to do stuff she'll promote my business she'll do a lot of things she just does it out the kindness of her heart you know and there's always been that debate about altruism um whether it is real or not whether it can happen I, it, it really i i do believe it does it's a rarity but i believe that it can happen from time to time and a lot of times i think molly does accomplish that at times so thank you again both of you You've been uh, just lovely lovely friends and i can't thank you guys enough for everything that you do so let's move on to some other news real quick um we're going to get him back into the race issue, unfortunately. We're going to talk about um, two people, Mike Henry. I should be talking about more people because there's more actors in the news that are now doing this and advocating change as well. Mike Henry and Christian Bell uh, are stepping down for their voice roles to, that betrays people of color. And recently, Mike Henry, who plays the voice of Cleveland Brown on, a, uh, fam, on Family Guy, who's done it for like over 20 years. And with no controversy at all, I might have nobody's ever made mention of it. And I'll 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 explain why for that and what I believe that is uh, the case. But Mike Henry, who is a very funny dude, uh, he recently went on Twitter and announced that he is stepping down from the role after 20 years to give an opportunity for a black actor to play and portray him respectfully. On Twitter, he said the following. It's been an honor to play Cleveland on a Family Guy for on Family Guy for 20 years. I love this character, but persons of color should play characters of color. Therefore, I will be stepping down from the role. He said this on June 26, 2020, just recently. So he, you know, he has it on there. My thoughts on this. While I absolutely respect his decision, I absolutely respect his decision. I, for one loved his betrayal of the character i felt that while he he was a he he was a white man playing a or the role of a black person i i right i watched the show and i'm i love family guy i love it because it's, it's equal opportunity to insult <laughs> like they leave nobody it's not like just targeting one person it's targeting everybody it's making light of everybody's situation and and it, in a, in a way that is it comes off tasteful in a way that it exposes what we're been talking about and it, it it talks about the elephant in the room a lot it doesn't hold back it doesn't hide and that's what i love about family guy is that they do not hide away from issues they expose it and while every other show will try to not mention these things family guy has mentioned and and (laughs) and revealed and predicted a lot of things that has been going on in the world and will eventually go on in the future much like uh, the simpsons have done and they've continued that and i think you know the mature animated uh tv shows that we have are great platforms that allows us to talk about the elephant in the room and i think when it comes to the role of cleveland when i used to watch him play this character in and and eventually watch the cleveland show which i do still watch um i actually enjoyed it from a perspective standpoint he reminds me the way they portrayed a character reminded me 
of somebody that actually know who reminds me of Cleveland. That is no joke. I and I won't say the name of the person that I that I think he reminds me of because that person at one point mentioned, you know, he spoke about Cleveland a long time ago about the Cleveland show because he he didn't know that it was done by Mike Henry. This I'm like, first of all, you're way late on this. Two, when the Cleveland show came out, you got to take note that it was even though Mike Henry was the only actor that was portraying a black character on that show, but the entire show was everybody else who was a person of color on that show was portrayed by a black actress. Uh, In fact, Nia Long was one of the executive producers of the show. So um, Kevin Michael Richardson also played like one or two roles in there as well. Uh, and then everybody, everybody else was appropriately played. I guess if you could have any controversy, be Tim, aside from Mike Henry, be Tim DeBear by um, Seth MacFarlane himself. But everything was just, a, I felt like everything was appropriately done. I think when he played the role of Cleveland and some of the things that he did, it didn't come off offensive. In fact, they came off like, man, they did a lot of homework here on this character because he reminds me of of a friend of mine or no, or somebody I've known in the past. So it's not like they were doing this. It, it, it like it, it to me, it just never came off offensive. I've watched other shows where they did some things that I felt like, oh, this was tasteless, and they didn't really do their homework enough to really make it authentic, or you know, it was just their depict their their one dimensional depiction of it. No, there was so much dimension to the to the uh, Cleveland character. So I didn't really mind that character being portrayed because it didn't it didn't have a tasteless uh, feel to it where I had to question it. I'd never questioned the, the Cleveland character at all. But with that said, I respect the and understand it. I just hope that they find somebody who can really, you know, live up to that character that, uh, that they do. And I think they will. They've done a great job in casting before. I had no trouble with. I, I would say Family Guy somehow can do no wrong, but they, um, they always stepped up responsibly to things. They push the button all the time. They're very conscious of what they do, and I think that's the reason why that show has loved so much and stayed for so long. But respect to him for saying that. I wish they would have done the same thing for Apu as well. But I think when you look at Apu and then you look at. Uh, Cleveland I, I can't compare the two in a sense that I'm not from uh, East Indian descent so I don't and a lot of see the Apu character came from years and years ago of when they were portraying and depicting that character in a very stereotypical way to, to assume that every person of that descent works at a quickie mark or whatever type of thing and they got all these multiple kids or whatever it was a play on that and you know after a while people just stopped liking it and i think that's where i think mike henry wanted to do he wanted to nip that in the bud before it gets too far and it was probably a decision that he thought hard on and and take note there are black writers on family guy as well so it's not like that they were doing this with a whole white cast it was a whole whitewash you know writing crew or whatever like that they have some people of color in there as well one of which i believe uh is one of the actor is the actor that plays on uh the orville as well so um you know it, it's just one of the things that they're going to try to change like everybody else they're stepping up to it and i appreciate it i appreciate it but I, i'm not gonna 
sit here and act like I didn't like the character Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Brown or Mike Henry's portrayal of it. Um, I, I thought they handled it the way that they did, but also I agree that they're handling it the way they are with this as well. Um, previously, Christian Bell, who stars in the new animated series uh, from Apple TV Plus, uh, Central Park, also stepped down for her role. And, and the creative team behind it also felt that uh, it was the right thing to do in order to bring a much needed change. Uh, Bell went into Instagram uh, to post a statement from the creative team stating that they have uh, a reflection based on the current events that led to them making the decision to recast the role. Now, funny thing is, because I've never watched the show, but I do love Bob's Burger and it was from the people who brought you Bob's Burger. I was a little, I was, for some reason, I didn't mind Mike Henry doing it, but I was a little bit off at the fact that Christian Bell was playing the role of this, uh, of this, um, this girl, this little girl who is of mixed race. I don't know why they picked me up before I even watched it and then I watched Cleveland. It's weird, but it is what it is. Um, I think I, I was okay with Cleveland doing it because they, do have some consciousness to it. I, and whereas I didn't, I've never watched the show before to see how respectful they were to this character. And I guess that they stopped it before it even started. They did do a whole entire season of it with Christian Bell doing it. And, um, it, you know, maybe they were thinking like, maybe if Mike Henry got away with it, they could get away with it. Who knows? I don't know. But they decided to step down with it and they were going to recast that role for the second season. I haven't, I have yet to watch that season yet. Um, I will give it a chance eventually just to check it out. And especially now that I know they're going to recast it too. Um, so I want to see what they did with it. But, you know, it, it's just one of these things. I had a conversation on our ACMG Facebook group. Um, with some people, I won't name names on this, but in particular, one of them is an actor who, uh, you know, he, he, he gets, he gets some gigs and he sometimes doesn't get gigs and he has his way with things and he, he, he just, I'll just put it at that, but he got into the conversation about his feelings about having too much representation and not enough creativity. Uh, whereas saying why can't we portray these roles and he understands that he there does need to be change but when is too much too much and when is not enough not enough um and i had to question that say i let me see if i can find this because i need to make sure i get this exactly right to an extent uh because it was an interesting conversation and it wasn't where it wasn't one of those conversations where we got into a back and forth. It was really just questioning the situation here. And uh, let me see. Hopefully I can get past it. But it, it was in the cuffs of just asking, you know, do they have to change everything? And will they not give opportunities for people to be more creative with roles like that? Ah, here we go. And he basically said he understands why they're doing this, because uh, a person of color needs to be represented but in here about this and I did hear about he said this descends into debate uh, isn't this setting a president that only cast a person of a role as a person of color should voice a person of color and and, and, and the thing is too he also compared he, he, he compared a, a, a race swap 
of a live action film to an animated role and as to me i felt like that was a contrast uh you're, you're talking you're putting two different discussions into one so i had to question that and uh what did i say from here oh yeah and i basically told him and i basically told him like ask yourself this because he felt like if they if they start casting people of color and stuff like that he felt he he was wondering and asking won't that limit opportunities and cause a divide and i and when he said that i was like don't you realize what's been going on in in america And, and i gotta i gotta stress out too that the gentleman is not from uh the u.s so you have a outline perspective you got an outsider perspective here he knows enough based on what he's read or what he's seen on tv or for whatnot but you if you if you understand how things are you know that you can only get so much from a five minute segment of a tv show or entertainment show you can only get so much from an article you can only have so much understanding but when you live in this for years and when you have this experience having an experience outweighs any thought of any perspective especially anybody from outside of the um united states who have felt this so when he was wondering whether it limits opportunities and causes a divide and i questioned that and i asked him hasn't it already limited opportunities and caused a divide doing it the way that they've been doing it for so long that's the problem that's been the problem with that and you know you could say that that's one way of saying it but if you've actually been in this country and seen throughout the years of the lack of opportunities the fact that we always see one black actor in a role with a whole bunch of white actors it happens all the times you watch a new girl um you watch it happens a lot it happens so often it's always the one to many it's always a speck of pepper in a sea of salt and when you put it to that sense it's like yeah there needs to be change so even it's even worse when you have a and, and it happens to anime too and um that needs to be another thing that changes sooner or later as well like I remember watching remember when I did the review of Baki and now they have uh Muhammad Ali in there and they got Muhammad Ali Jr. in there I'm like all right y'all better get this right y'all can't you cannot have a Caucasian actor do the role of Muhammad Ali and let alone his fictional son who is black you cannot do that you just can't you just it, it and there was there was a I remember when I interviewed Ruben Langdon for Devil May Cry 5 uh, the, there was a character, there's a character in there, a black character in there that was voiced by a non-black character. And even worse, that the, now, the, the actor, and I forgot his name, you could go back on there. There was some huge controversy over some uh, footage that he had, which had him doing some very racial, racist, uh, you know, skits. And he claims to be a comedian, his own creative, right? And no, and it was like, but you had the audacity to play. And I, I will credit him, he played it very well. He did a great job. I was just very upset on that note that they chose him to play this character. Um, so it, it's, 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 yeah, they're, they're, it's open for discussion, definitely. But at this point, I think it is time. It is time to give more opportunity for 
you know people of color uh for black people definitely it's time you know if you're gonna cast if you're gonna create a black character why not give it to a black actor you know how pissed people were if black panther was not cast and you know thank goodness they they did and and um that dude's a mainstay in there so i am very happy that this is happening overall and i'm happy that mike henry respectfully stepped down but i always give him credit i thought he did a really great job with the character um it's just time it is just time and he felt it was time and they felt it was time um but i to his credit i felt like he they respect they did it in a tasteful way how they portrayed that character um he went out before guns were blazing <laughs> and that's that's the best that's the best way to do it so and uh christian bell as well and i there's another character there's another actress who also uh on another show i forgot i didn't follow that but it's happening it's 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 been it's going on right now and it needs to happen people so a uh, few more things I want to talk about real quick before we head over to our talk topic, and that is the season finale episode of Harley Quinn. If you have not watched the show yet, which is also now on Sci-Fi, first season is on Sci-Fi right now, you are missing out on the reason why you should probably get um, the DC Universe app. They have this app has grown exponentially in content and grown and evolved in quality harley quinn is the best animated series bar none this entire year and possibly the best comic book show this year it is not for kids it is a highly sophisticated very vulgar tv show with a fantastic cast that had this ongoing development between harley quinn and ivy which led to them one you know wondering about each other's feelings and this slow burn from season one into season two met with a very great ending and i feel bad for kite man because i feel like if they have a season three or this he may become the big villain of this series but you know if you haven't watched it spoiler alert harley but i don't think you needed a crystal ball to predict the obvious um harley and ivy are now item and i throughout the entire series you started rooting for them you started rooting for harley to you know because she felt in love with uh poison even a joker said like even a joker the joker came back it was like no nah, you you playing yourself if you're not revealing how much you how you feel. he gave her love advice for poison ivy so you know this was an awesome thing that ended off with the way it is George, uh, jason alexander is back he technically died but now he's like a max hedrum type character and if you don't know what max hedrum is you're not you're young <laughs> i got you uh, max hedrum is a character that they're basing um cyborgman uh, as right now so that was a little bit of a uh, reference to my generation of people who watched that series from back then or you know the coca-cola commercials that he was i think it was no it was pepsi i think he was a part of and he wound up getting his own show after a while but that uh great episode there i so enjoyed it if you have not watched harley quinn there's so much and you're a dc fan too you need you need to be ashamed of yourself because i'm not exactly a hardcore dc fan and i love this show and i love the dc universe app it is awesome uh for people like me who are casual fans to dc 
it's a great way to come in and learn more and enjoy their content in any format that I want, whether I'm just reading their comic books or enjoying the TV shows or um, animated, the phenomenal animated series that they have. It's a great, great platform for fans of that nature. So uh, not only that, but the first three episodes of Doom Patrol came out as well. And it's hard to describe this show. It's just absolutely bizarre, uh, as it's always been. I compared this to the likes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. It has that exact type of vibe where it's very complex. It's very eccentric. It's hard to explain half the time. But for the most part, there's some really great development and it brings you back every single time. Um, I feel like this show did successfully what Legion failed to do. Because Legion, when that was out, it started off like you were able to follow the narrative properly, but they got so artsy with it and so thought provoking with it that it was hard to really figure out what in the hell was going on. And you get lost in translation of the narrative every uh, after a while. And it, it, it lost me to the point that I, I didn't even care when it ended <laughs> because it was hard to figure out what was going on. But here you know what's going on uh you know the, the last season uh they were searching for the professor because they love the professor and they want to save the professor from dr nobody only or mr nobody only to discover that the reason why they got into all these freak accidents was led to them having these abilities or um these surgeries or these experiments on was because of uh the professor and they be, all of them became uh, begin to resent him in their own way, and the, it plays off of that season. Now that it's there, and they also had to save his daughter as well, which they did, which was a girl named Dorothy with these really special abilities, and it looks to be that she has the face of a monkey, like a or a primate or a uh, or primitive uh, for that uh, for that matter. But she's a really sweet girl that they try to uh, you know. They're now with now, and she's been alone for so long. So she only the only person she could really trust is uh, her father, who is the professor, who apparently is her, I guess, biological daughter by some extent. I I think it I think it is. They we still haven't explained that part, but all three episodes is leading into a lot of secrets, a lot more secrets that is being revealed, and as well as trying to figure out the um what's going on with dorothy there's also stories of uh elastigirl trying to um learn more about how to control her abilities she's a lot better than she was in season uh one um you have brandon frazier uh as the robot i forgot what they call i think he's robot man um you know trying to cope with the fact that uh the professor did what he did also going to meet with his daughter as well who secretly doesn't know that he's still alive you know so that there's that situation you know what's even great about this um the first the second episode it's really telling about what's going on today and, and this was filmed way before the george floyd situation but it's like once again it's like one of these things it's like people this stuff has been going on way before George Floyd or Ahmaud Aubrey or Breonna Taylor or Rodney King or all this, you know, all these things. It's been going on forever. So don't think it's a coincidence when you see new episodes of something that is based on something very relevant right now. 
this has been going on forever and now people are sna finally snapped out of reality of understanding that this stuff is happening so don't think it's like they were clairvo uh, clairvoyance or whatever no this stuff has been going on for a long time you're just now noticing it so the, you know the episode is very telling but it brings a new fresh light into what's going on today so i dig that cyborg is also you know trying to figure himself out as well and he meet, ends up meeting somebody at a uh, group um at a support group and i believe this person has a lot more secrets that she's trying to help because she was uh enlisted in the army but under a certain project which is revealing becoming more revealing by the episode and um I'll tell you one thing we did notice is that cyborg is only cyborg from the waist up <laughs> after his encounter with this uh with this woman so that's an interesting thing to see there but season two is out now it's uh awesome all three episodes are fantastic a lot of crazy stuff weird stuff but make sure if you if you haven't watched doom patrol yet it's on uh hbo max as well but make sure you watch the first season first because you're going to get so lost in everything that's going on and you won't be able to follow it but watch the first season season first this is binge worthy and uh go check it out it's awesome and you know subscribe to i can't speak for uh, hbo max yet i heard it was okay right now it's not the best thing but i can definitely vouch for a dc universe app go check it out if you're a dc fan it's awesome there folks that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and i am going to review what I call the uh, Better Late Than Never review of Knives Out. <laughs> this movie was awesome. We'll find out why right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Tom Gibbous, the voice of Shikamaru Nara from Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. And it's not a drag. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and this is the Better Late to Never review of Knives Out, a movie that I, for some reason, could not go to the uh, theaters in the end of 2019, which is, I believe, when this came out. And uh, what was this? What did, was this released? At? Yeah, it was released, and I think in the, uh, near the end, uh, like winter uh, 2019. And I didn't get a chance to see this, and I'm really regretting not being able to see this in the theaters. Because I think just being in a crowd of people watching this, I would have enjoyed it. I would have marked out on this as if I was watching like any Marvel movie or whatever that came out. And this was absolutely enjoyable. I thought it was incredible. The casting was great. Uh, I am a fan of whodunit murder mysteries 
and especially when it involves everybody in the house and somebody got murdered you know the cliche type of formulaic i should say type of situation and narrative um where you have all these cast of characters and all this character development and you know you get these background backdrops uh or background uh stories of you know why it may be them and it's just awesome to see one of my all-time favorite movies clue the based on the uh the classic board game which they did a movie this is before like before you know video games became a movie they actually went out of their way to do this for a board game how many board games got a movie back then there weren't many clue had enough to be able to write something really cool and in 1985 they did that and that too starred an all-star cast of people uh, at the time that was uh directed by jonathan linden jonathan lynn and of course written by him as well but also and more importantly john landis who was phenomenal in doing stuff like this uh elaine brennan tim conway um uh, madeline khan christopher lloyd michael keaton martin maul leslie ann warren uh just a who's who of really great comedy comical uh comedy talent was in this too bill henderson also made an appearance of hair as well in a really funny moment um just just great just absolutely great well you got the same type of feel with this movie as well and in fact with knives out after i watched this as much as i love clue i gotta say they did a phenomenal job doing this making this to me the number one murder mystery of my favorite of my all-time favorite um this they had so many dimensions to what was going on and so many layers of layers of layers up here as as uh Daniel Cray's character uh, Benoit Blanc will say there was a donut hole within a donut hole in this so like the plot is deeper and deeper and they don't lose control of the of the direction of where this is going uh, it, it's just awesome so this this incredible and fun uh, and very clever methodical movie was written and directed by uh, Rianne Johnson uh, it has Daniel Craig as a famous uh, sleuth Benoit Blanc along with uh, Lieutenant Elliot played by Lakeith Stanford uh, and Trooper War uh, Wagner played by Noah uh, Sagan investigate the death of a patriarch named Harlan Troby uh, uh, Thromby actually I'm sorry uh, of who of an eccentric uh, selfish entitled combative and racist slightly family in here um christopher Plummer plays uh harlan thromby who is pretty much just like you know he's very rich he uh brought this house and uh, raised these kids and his whole and generations of his family in his house and these guys think of somebody you know right now who are who is rich powerful and has a family who's never been in a bad situation so they don't understand how it is in the world but they have this this perspective this this bland one-dimensional perspective you know who i'm talking about but to to the to, to uh harlan's credit he was never like that to any of those he he was a guy who he understood he raised himself he was raised humbled uh he was not that type of guy compared to his family became they became spoiled and entitled and whereas he's looking at them like where did i go wrong with this family <laughs> but turns out he died he was he was believed to be murdered and now you got daniel craig who loves getting into really mysterious murders like this of this high caliber to figure out what happened and you got the other two that are with him 
and they're they're gonna figure out who did what in here. So you got all these characters. Like I said, you got uh, Daniel Craig as uh, B Le, uh, B Blanc. Christopher Evans plays a oh god, he plays Ransom Drysdale, and this kid, um, he's coming like every 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 body in the family feels like they're owed and entitled to something that um, Harlan has provided even though they've never really done too much they 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 really never done anything on their own to the likes of what he's done but they feel entitled because they are of blood and they are of right you have uh Ana de Armo stunning 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 woman um plays Mar uh, Marta uh Cabrera who is the caregiver of uh Harlan Harlan is of age uh he now needs to uh, he can't do the things he can do and he's taking morphine he's taking all these other you know things that are being cared for by uh, Marta and they have a great relationship with each other they have a phenomenal relationship with each other uh, you know they play uh, go together they uh, you can see their chemistry and their camaraderie like it was like a really they had an equal type of companionship not in a love not in a uh, in a intimate type of way they just you know she really cared for him she, he really cared for her you know almost not exactly a mother-daughter type of way but like a friend to a friend platonically i should say um you got jamie lee curtis who played linda drysdale who i possibly believe uh and also the son the mother to ransom who i believe also along with harlan was the per only person in here who wasn't didn't feel entitled to anything or whatnot she really was looking at them and under a different lens you know her you know between her husband richard uh, drysdale which was played by none other than the one and only don johnson or her son she just like these these guys they they just think money solves everything so you had that yeah tony collette who played um joni uh thromby who also an entitled uh that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> but she uh winds up thinking that she can just hoard money from uh harlan at all times and so much to the point that she kind of twisted the funds that she was getting around to make sure that she gets all the money and she was hemorrhaging money from him uh and he found out so she has a reason to hate her father because he cut her off financially after he figured it out she was taking uh, like about a hundred thousand dollars a year from him uh while she was living off campus you know at a school that she was supposed to be doing and he found out let me tell you something people <laughs> let me tell you something anybody who is listening right now i'm going to tell you if you ever think that you could like siphon or hemorrhage money from anybody as a person who has um, taken a uh, a an accountant course in college, can I tell you, the numbers never lie. You cannot steal money from people without them knowing. If no matter no matter how long it takes, they will know. And I'm gonna tell you why. My old job that I used to work at, and I'm not gonna say where. It was found out while I was in school doing all this too, by the way, came in, locks were changed, all this stuff was changed. And lo and behold, 
and I knew something was wrong because you know this is part of security. I, I, I you know, I, my, my major is uh, computer science. So one of the things is that we learn is uh, cryptic codes, compromisations, you know, stuff like that. And what happens when your system has been compromised, has been uh, infiltrated by a hacker, a uh, virus or whatever like that, you lock everything down. So in the midst of people, you know, if your routine every day is to come in, unlock the door using a key code, a key card or whatever like that, that you know, and then all of a sudden something change and it, it doesn't happen. You get this vibe around the room that something different happens. You know, something's up and come to find out that one of my old coworkers did in fact embezzle funds <laughs> and it was crazy because the whole vibe just changed um in more ways than one and, and that's a whole no, that's something i can't even get into or won't get into but um it was it was insane but like the numbers don't lie you cannot you'll see even if you're taking a little bit you will see leeches of it that'll accumulate and it will build after a while and if you look and if somebody chooses to look back at the numbers of where something is being being taken you will figure it out and there will be a paper trail yes i i barely seen where it wasn't so it, it they may not find you now but they will find you eventually numbers never lie <laughs> okay so that's what happened with Joni. she got cut off by uh, harlan and that was that um I love Lakeith Stanfield's uh, role in here as Lieutenant Elliot. You know, he he was uh, he, I love him in everything he does. He uh, he played it really well here. He but he didn't exactly. He was still trying to figure out what was going on. But you had Blank um, in there or Blanc in there that was really putting everything into perspective because he has a wide he has a he has what i consider a third dimensional mindset he really thinks out of the box of how people react how you know their behaviors stuff like that so which is a little bit of a bit of a high level of a normal detective here so um they were trying to figure things out but his charisma on the in this is really well and i'm loving seeing him in more films not just black films but just more films in general and getting them out there i really hope to see him he was phenomenal and get out He's been phenomenal on a lot of other things that I've seen. Um, I want to see him more. I want to see him more. He is, he's going to be a high caliber uh, dude in the next few years. I can definitely see that now. Um, let me see who else here. Yeah, I did not know. First of all, I didn't know Frank Oz was in here as Hollis Stevens. I also didn't know uh, Go uh, Joseph Gordon Levette was playing the voice of Detective uh, Hard Rock in here. It's a really cool. Uh, situation here but um yeah they uh who else uh marta's mom by marlon uh forte i've seen her in a lot of stuff as well uh noah noah segan as trooper wagner was funny because he was so interested in seeing how daniel uh or seeing how benoit uh, blanc's um depiction of how things were gonna fl uh, flesh out and who did what and how everything was happening he was so amused whereas like lieutenant elliot was like wait this doesn't make any sense he's asking questions like uh, wagner is like let him do his thing this is getting interesting and he it, you know he had this look on his face like he just wanted to grab popcorn and just watch the whole thing and the fact that he had to do any do too much work in this because he was you know this dude he's figuring it all out he's unraveling everything as we go and daniel craig 
just doing all this and figuring it out and put it all together really it really 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 helped out and his performance as this character was awesome his performance on here uh just he was so passionately into it and playing around with the ideas of things and uh there were some really funny moments when he's just talking to himself and narrating um the ideas of what can happen and throughout the whole thing um it was almost like he knew everything that was happening before it happened but just letting it play out to make sure that he was right because he he understands how people are he he's oh he's pretty much like a behavioralist if you will so I, I i really did it and chris evans really showed his other side this was not captain america people <laughs> not by any stretch he was anything but he like you look at him like this dude can work for hydra at any time <laughs> so um let me talk about some significant moments here um just watching the family's motives to why they may have wanted to kill harlan was awesome uh chris evans was a suspect i mean uh ransom uh drysdale was a suspect uh marta was a suspect but not to that extent because the deal with her was that blanc figured out that she really couldn't be the person who did it because she can't lie and when she lies she actually throws up and that plays into that plays in throughout the entire movie so when they go into a scene oh well i may go ahead of myself but um see she she was pretty much the innocent character here or at least we were made to believe that she was a believable character in here um michael shannon as walt Thrum, uh, thromby he was a he was the son of harlan and his basic deal was that he wanted to um he wanted to prove that he can run the business this is kind of like this is actually crazy because this is kind of the vince mcmahon shane mcmahon type of dynamic the only thing is if i had to choose between who i would trust my money to or who i would trust to make a good business uh uh decision i'm picking harlan thromby before way before i'm picking vince mcmahon <laughs> okay so but walt will probably have a reason to kill him because he wasn't going to have him not only did he not let him run the company but he fired him because he felt his decisions wasn't you know good enough so there's that um richard drysdale he, he's just he was just one of those entitled guys who felt everything was about money he had this there was just one scene that um johnson did uh where richard actually had this conversation about immigration and whether they were trump supporters or not or whatever and the whole wall situation and how immigrants need to do it the right way and stuff like that and it, it was um by the way they did kind of hint in marta's backstory that her mother was not um properly brought into the company uh, into the country so he had to take in that extent to that extent as well uh it was just you know you had who else um you also had you know donna thronby who i mentioned that they you know she was cut off as well so she may have a reason to do so um i didn't know anything about meg thromby i don't think she was that much of a suspect as to why it could be she was actually more of a supporter to marta because she knew that marta really cared for uh, harlan so you had that dynamic there too and they always said that marta was a friend of the family but for some reason she could not make it to the funeral or they didn't invite her to the funeral and it was funny because everybody said 
everybody in the family who said that she couldn't make it to the funeral also said uh like at one point or another to her that they voted for her to come but everybody said the same thing but everybody voted that she shouldn't be there so it was like it was weird so uh you have those things going on with the motive and then also watching uh like i said watching um benoit black just ponder on who hired him to solve the murder because that was also a thing that be, and that became the second layer of this mystery and you know because it's not only they didn't hire him to do it somebody else out of the blue hired him to do it which kind of was a means to throw off the whole entire case so um also watching benoit explain explain how ranson was the one who set up marta for the murder of fran that was awesome that was that was the third layer of this whole thing so that you know during the movie he's saying like there's a donut hole but there's another donut hole within a donut hole i think or something of that nature in there as well and then also at the end how they used marta's inability to lie as a way of tricking ranson into convincing that he uh convincing them or confessing i should say uh that he was the one behind the entire murder and i thought that was awesome and they the cool part was which is depending on who you talk to it was a cool part they saved the visual hurling at the end because they she did it as a projectile to hit right at ranson after he confessed saying which means that she lied to get him to confess and it was so awesome and they recorded it so they all set it up completely um it was awesome it was very well done i loved at everything that happened at the end um the plot just got so deep and so uh complex but he's still easy to follow uh, what was going on this movie was absolutely amazing overall if you have not seen this movie yet kick yourself in the ass like i kick myself and go out of your way to check this out if you have amazon prime go check it out now all of your favorite actors from a lot of other shows are on here and you'll enjoy it it's not a horror of any kind i my wife even enjoyed it my wife even absolutely and i think part of it is the reason why i think she was able to enjoy it is because i told her it was like clue she doesn't like watching horror movies or really violent movies uh some she just don't have any choice but um other ones she can avoid it she'll she'll avoid it um but she when i said this was like clue she saw clue before and it was enough to get her to watch and she absolutely enjoyed it just as much as i did at the end we were both like wow this was an amazing amazing movie um amazon prime has it up they have exclusive rights to play it for our for members of um the prime accounts so go out of your way to check that out it's awesome i give this an a plus and i wish i would have added this to the movies of the uh, year but this deserves every bit of credit for everybody that did you do um Rian johnson kudos awesome go out of your way to check it out folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live prime uh thank you guys so much for all of it thank you for all the opportunities thank you for listening please spread the word of the show keep supporting this show thank you molly flanagan lady hakage thank you lisa hammett thank you to the entire cast of naruto shippuden for doing what you're doing rdc world one and dream con thank you for 
keeping an effort and making this happen despite the odds of COVID-19, making a lot of people happy, in particular my community, happy. Shout out to you guys. If you guys go out of your way, these guys got thousands and thousands of followers already. Go out of your way to check out RDC World 1 on Instagram. Uh, go out of your way to support Dream Convention. Help that grow. Black owned. These guys seem to be on the up and up. So I, I will find out later or sooner or later. I will get these guys on the show. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to uh, seeing what how well they grow and what's, their, what's going on in that world from there. So, folks, like I said... ACMG members, if you're listening, this Wednesday, we will we will show you everything in its entirety. The complete Zoom event of the summer. Myself, as I host, along with Molly Flanagan, the ho- the cast of Naruto Shippuden, a DreamCon virtual Q&A event. You will get to see it in its entirety via video my cut i'm gonna add some bells and whistles to it some really cool things to it and um enjoy it you're gonna enjoy it absolutely it's gonna be fun and then um later on during the week uh, down a week uh, next week sometime after the fourth of july weekend i will have the audio version on this show for as an exclusive and after that i think i am gonna have a select start episode this week uh because i got two mech games that i want to um play um and I've been playing for quite a bit, but I want to, you know, give a review of both of them as well. So uh, we're going to definitely check those out and any other news that comes by. But this is the 4th of July weekend. And it's going to be interesting because 4th of July has been traditionally celebrated. But, you know, due to the events, I got a feeling that's going to change there. So uh, I am going to after the select start episode, I'm going to take a break uh and not do a show for this week Uh, i'm gonna take a just i I need a break it has nothing to do with fourth of july at all but i'm gonna take a break i need to take a break and uh it's hot too so so i'll be doing that but that episode that uh exclusive will be out as well uh it's the biggest exclusive i've ever done i it the, the caliber of people the huge amount of people and possibly the biggest panel i've done so far so it's again thank you everybody it's just been an awesome experience they enjoyed it everybody enjoyed it you'll enjoy it too when uh when that time comes so go out of your way to check it out when it comes out and uh it's gonna be fun so check um while you're doing that you can also check out all of our episodes on talktimelive.com uh this episode and every episode that comes on if you want to check out our exclusive interviews with over 40 of the best in all things anime comics movies and games go on the talktimelive.com uh website and you can check it out there. But if you want to go directly to that page, you can type in talktimelive.com forward slash exclusive. It'll take you right to that page and you can just click on any of the images. It'll take you right there and you can listen there as well. Uh, if you want to subscribe and download to this as well, you can go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, Pocket Cast and all Amazon devices to check out this show and every episode on there as well. Folks, that will do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out here. Thank you again. I am always humbled. Be safe, mask up, and take care.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.